You're the bee in my bonnet. You're the soap in my eye. Hello, hello, hello. Hi. Welcome back to Extra Dirty Feast Podcast. I'm Julia. This is my co-host. <laughs> I am Michelle. <laughs> um, you can find us on Instagram at Julia Graves, at Michelle Arsenault. Or Michelle Arsenault. Or Michelle Arsenault. Um, and also you can find the podcast at Extra Dirty Pod. Mm-hmm. So yeah, how are we how are we doing? Let's do a quick check-in. I feel like we both had a little uh little gab <laughs> a little gab and um I was just telling Michelle I'm like a little hungover right now so <laughs> um, it happens it happens um so if and also both the windows are open in my apartment because the weather mm-hmm. is absolutely fantastic yes. um but you can hear the subway going by um mm-hmm. so just consider that a little bit of like white noise yeah NYC flavor yeah just, just for her <laughs> Just ignore her. I personally find it soothing. So you do get used to it at some point. So this episode is going to be a little bit different. I did most of the research on this topic this week and I'm kind of going to like talk to Michelle about it and then we're Mm going to discuss. Um, I'm going on a little wee trip Mm -hmm. this week. And so next week, Michelle is going to do another very special episode um, with some super cool guests that I'm honestly kind of like jealous of. I'm gonna I know. For. Like, I'll I'm, have like, to bring them she, back. She, yeah, yeah, please, please. Um, for anyone who's listening, you'll have to like sit tight and figure out, but I promise you it's going to be banger and I'm sad It'll be that good. I can't experience. Like I'm excited to listen as a listener like mm-hmm. to this episode. Um, yes. So to even out the to even out the workflow because we're both you know not not nine to five girlies but busy like gals. Both, busy gals busy gals we're trying to you know spread the evil even distribution of labor of this yeah. podcast <laughs> so anyway um, I guess I can just start um, we're gonna be talking about dissociative feminism today if anyone who's listening is like on TikTok or Twitter or I don't know, any social media, maybe you've seen this, it's like a newer critique of, I guess, like contemporary, particularly like white feminism or strains of feminism or femme behavior in media and life. Um, And I personally find it really fascinating. And Michelle didn't really know what it was about. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah, I've never heard the term. Oh, fuck. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I'm familiar with the idea. I just think I haven't. I thought about sending you the TikTok that introduced Mm. me to it. So my friend Sadie, shout out Sadie. I know she listens, so just kiss. She sent me this TikTok, like, I want to say a month, two months ago. It's before we started the pod. And oh, shit, sorry. I'm just banging the table. I want to give this TikToker credit, actually. Mm. So her name's Kate. I want her username though. I don't have TikTok, so I'm like have to like open it on my <laughs> Safari to look at this. Okay, her name is Kate. I don't know how to tell her username from this. It just says at Kate, C-A-I-T. I don't know. Anyway, she did like a two-part TikTok video and she talks about the flea bag era and dissociative feminism. And my friend Sadie sent this to me and I watched it and I was like, wow, this is so interesting and also like valid and something that should definitely be being talked about more, Um, especially like as we're constantly in this era where we're pushing towards trying to be like more like fully intersectional, like all the time to like understand that 
the cultural backlash or like the rebound that we have in the ways in which we react to things that are problematic can also in turn be problematic. The term dissociative feminism emerged um, in a BuzzFeed News article initially um, by this woman, Emmeline Klein, and it's called The Smartest Women I Know Are All Dissociating. I have a little bit of a bone to pick with this title, I feel like, because which I feel like I'll circle back to. Um, The article itself is very good and I do highly recommend it. I I don't love how it's like, all the smart women I know are dissociating. Yeah. Okay, like whatever. Anyway, we we can dissect that a little bit later. But Klein opens the article with saying, I've noticed a lot of brilliant women giving up on shouting and complaining and instead taking on a darkly comic deadpan tone when writing about their feminism. This approach presents overtly horrifying facts about uniquely feminine struggles and delivers them flatly, dripping with sarcasm. Maybe it's a curdling of the hyper-optimistic hashtag girl boss, run the world, girls, feminism of the aughts, characterized by an uneasy combination of plaintive begging and swaggering confidence that gender equality was just past the horizon line. But Sex in the City and Cosmo tutorials on how to, com- how to come didn't make much of a crack in the bell jar. So instead, we now seem to be interiorizing our existential aches and angst, smirking knowingly at them and numbing ourselves to maintain our nonchalance. Let's call it dissociative feminism. So essentially, instead of take, like taking all this rage and anger and pain that we're having like in result to or in response to these like oppressive structures and the fact that the world and society is fucked up, we're not like taking that and doing anything with it. Like we're not using it to like promote action or like Mm -hmm. progressive change. We're just like internalizing it and like beating ourselves up over it and being like, oh, life sucks. And like, oh my God, like just to be like a female or like, and it basically using it as an excuse to like throw in the towel. Um, Mm -hmm. It's a very passive response. Um, And she also does talk about how like passivity is kind of this hallmark of white feminism if you see on the internet, there's so much like um, people of color and activism are like, there's so many tweets that are like, damn, like white people literally like want to throw in the towel. at like the first thing, like you would have never made it as long. Yeah. And I'm like, no, like literally like, it's just like, put it in perspective. Like trauma is valid a hundred percent and life experiences are valid, but like structurally like babe, like just, just think about the context of your situation for a second. Yeah. And not to belittle it, but like more to just provide perspective in terms of like, oh, well, if that, like, I don't know. I feel like I, as someone who I feel like has been invalidated, like by particularly like family members or whatever with like mental health struggles Mm -hmm. and stuff, I like understand that it's so frustrating. Like when people are like, there are literally people dying and I'm like, yes, I am aware. Like I'm actually mm-hmm. painfully aware of that fact. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, this isn't like the oppression Olympics. I don't think that like identity politics in that way is useful, but anyway, circling back, um, Klein talks about how like this like urge or um, talent for dissociation kind of gets ingrained in women pretty early on, which I found really interesting Simply because I remember reading, I want to say it was Marilyn Fry. I took a philosophy of sex and gender class sophomore year of college. Um, And 
Fry talked a lot about like the alienation that women feel from their own bodies, like because mm-hmm. there is such a need or push to like modify them or like treat mm-hmm. them as things in order to suit like the beauty standard mm-hmm. and in order to like manipulate and constantly like exploit you start thinking of your body as a thing instead of like mm-hmm. something that you like are or like inhabit as a part yeah. of you it like it's like once you start dehumanizing something it's easier to like feel shitty about it or to mm-hmm. like be disgusted by it whereas if it's like part of you that's like a lot more of like a complex like it's harder to navigate and be like oh I like hate my body or I like I want to change this when you're like thinking about the fact that like you're like 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 it's you yeah I guess if that makes any sense but obviously dissociation is like commonly used as like it's a common trauma response like Mm -hmm. people who have suffered like physical assault or a myriad of horrible awful things like will have like an out of body like separation in the moment because it's like instead of fight or flight you're going into freeze where you're just like Mm -hmm. I can't even do anything because like it's like playing dead kind of Mm -hmm. like in response to something horrible happening as a way to just like escape the body to like try to minimize the experience as much as possible Mm -hmm. and so like trauma can exacerbate dissociation so like day-to-day like low-level dissociation is what most women are very familiar with Mm -hmm. and we could talk about dissociation during sex but I kind of want to like circle back Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um but Klein also alludes um and exemplifies like girls the show like Lena Dunham Mm -hmm. and Fleabag and she kind of posits them in opposition to one another which I Mm -hmm. found like a to be a really really good example of the ways in which like they both embody like these different strains of white feminism and like Mm -hmm. one of them is more societally acceptable or we find palatable or even funny or entertaining Mm -hmm. and then another one we're just like shut the fuck up yeah talking and so like no one wants to be Hannah Horvath like Mm -hmm. Lena Dunham's character in Girls Mm -hmm. And she is like on the surface, like when you actually look at Fleabag and Hannah, they're not like super different. Like they both Mm -hmm. can make really like self-destructive decisions. They both like have all these problems that they're not necessarily like fixing or like doing anything. They they wallow, but like Lena Dunham's Hannah wallows outwardly. Like she throws herself Mm -hmm. a pity party. Like she makes it a scene, Mm -hmm. like she whines and we as audience members are all like so disgusted by that because there's Mm -hmm. just like no chill in it whereas like Fleabag is like oh my god I'm just like a steaming pile of trash Mm -hmm. and like I'm depressed and sad and but and everything is my fault like it's because I'm a terrible person Mm -hmm. and we're just like oh my god like her literal witty mind yeah like it's like the branding is different Mm -hmm. and then now like I should say I haven't seen Fleabag. I want to watch Fleabag. I do feel like I would enjoy it like as media. Yes. And this <laughs> isn't to say that you can't enjoy Fleabag for what it is or enjoy girls. I mean, I don't like girls, but that's, <laughs> well, the show. Yeah. <laughs> um, just but that's that mostly because, yeah, just to make that clear for all of us <laughs> out there. But that's mostly because like, I can't get behind the characters because I find them all like, so. They're insufferable. But they're like... insufferable. And I know they're designed that way. And like, yeah. I know that there are people that like can watch that kind of stuff. I personally have a really hard time getting behind mm. characters. I don't find likable in mm. any situation. And so I just can't, like, I just hate everything that's happening in that show yeah. all the time <laughs> because I find everyone 
fucking annoying which again like this is the same thing like yeah. I am an audience member that's like oh my god like shut up handle her bad yeah. but then I'm like oh my god feedback <laughs> so yeah I told Michelle before I started I was like we're kind of gonna clock ourselves in this a little bit I'm in excited the to see it's really interesting like I think it is helpful like I think mm-hmm. it's good for people to like recognize these things and tendencies in themselves because it obviously is comes from like a societal push for these things. Like it's a cultural backlash that people don't even realize is happening. It's like Gen, like if the millennial was the girl boss, like Gen Z is the flea yeah. Like we're just nihilist. And I say that as like older Gen Z. <laughs> um, but she talks about how like both these shows are similarly portraying this trope of like wallowing in self-pity and internalizing all your feelings. Um, And this is like specifically and especially around like sex and love and relationships with men. And a lot of these characters end up being like excessively jaded Mm -hmm. and not optimistic when it comes to relationships. And you can see how quickly it goes from like, oh, this is like a natural, like that makes sense thing that's like more situational as a coping mechanism to like, know you're actually at a certain point inhibiting your self growth Mm. and like your enjoyment of life because you're Mm. shutting things down before they even start. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Michelle's staring at me through this Zoom right now. I'm eating Uh, my kava. Oh my God, I'm so, now I want kava, dude. It's been a while, I have to get it. I might get it this week at work for lunch, to be honest. Mm -hmm. For anyone who lives in like a city, I know they have them in Boston and New York, but we'll just, mm-hmm. Kava's amazing. It's like yeah. the best, most delicious, fresh shit. 10 out of 10 recommend. Mm-hmm. Go to Kava. Use Kava sponsor us. Use my code. Yeah, maybe Michelle 20 or whatever. Ligma 40. Ligma 40. <laughs> Klein also says that uh, author Rebecca Liu points out that there's a very similar trend in this like archetype of a young millennial woman um, Mm. in Sally Rooney novels um, Mm. and Otesha Moshvig, which Mm. I've been really interesting. I haven't read Otesha Moshvig stuff because Uh she's very famous for writing characters that aren't likable. And Mm -hmm. um, the premise of my year of rest and relaxation makes me want to put my head through a window. So that's like one of my favorite it. books. Yeah. See, okay. Everyone I know that has read it is either like loves it or absolutely mm-hmm. hates it. Like Jake read it and hated it. Mm-hmm. And Max like started it and was like, what the fuck? Like, what it's am I reading? I, I like love an unlovable character. I don't. <laughs> I want them to, st- I want them to stop. <laughs> I love it. Like, it's more interesting. Yeah, but I like anti-heroes. Like I love good I love people that do bad things for good reasons. Like if that makes sense. I love an anti-hero. But somebody who's just like drugs themselves through a year, like I, I don't or it's just I don't know. I I can't. I'm like there's if there's nothing redeeming about you, like I oh I have it's interesting because like her book Eileen, the character in that one is like people are like, she is disgusting. She's- yeah. I remember Sophia talking about that. Yeah, there's like such vivid description of her and everything she does to the point where it's like you're reading it and you don't want to read it, but like I don't like that. I want to be engaged by the media. I like I I want to like I don't know enjoy it on some level. Like I don't I don't know. It's like hard, but also I feel like I could unpack that. It's like why do we shy away from things that are like quote unquote disgusting? Well, it feels real as well. Yeah, which like again, like if it feels like everyone has the capacity to be 
disgusting because like different mm-hmm. things disgust different people. I was actually reading about this in allusion to like sex and sexuality in Come As You Are. <laughs> she was talking about like as sex educators, one of the main rules is to not quote unquote yuck someone else's yum mm-hmm. because like you don't know what other people are into and you don't want to contribute to the shame that people yeah. already might have around things. And so it's really mm-hmm. important to just like let people, you know, embrace yeah. what they, what works for them, which mm-hmm. I think is like, but anyway, yeah, it's really hard for me to get into things that make me, give me the ick. I'm like, oh. That's valid. <laughs> but Liu also says that um, the only people who can relate to like a lot of these characters are white. Which I think is so true because Mm -hmm. I do think that the level of like internalization and like the specific kind of wallowing in self-pity, I feel like it almost necessitates an understanding of like someone, your own positionality, like in terms of like, oh, I'm this like white middle upper class girl. Like, why am I so sad? And like Fleabag constantly is like, Mm -hmm. I am the problem like it's me Mm -hmm. it's something wrong with me um so it's not even like inherently negating the fact that like I'm their privilege like to a certain extent obviously different characters to different degrees but Mm -hmm. like it never like tries to say that these characters aren't privileged in certain ways but it's like there's this suffering is like very unique like very aloneness like there's no like Mm -hmm. I don't know I think it's really interesting and obviously true but that's why I feel like dissociative feminism is such is a new strain of like white feminism because Mm -hmm. like people of like people of color are like what no <laughs> that's yeah. like no, not our experience like, yeah. and like our like in some ways like I obviously can't speak for anyone but like all of this being a lot or a lot of it being centered around like these individual women's relationship with men it's like very individualist and like very mm. neoliberal almost I don't know I guess essentially like Klein is just like Hannah or Fleabag evades the criticism that Hannah receives because she dissociates in times of turmoil not to complain but to mock herself like Mm. all the time she's like breaking the fourth wall have you seen Mm -hmm. Fleabag yes okay yeah and because Fleabag makes a joke of her own suffering taking responsibility for it by chalking it up to her own shittiness we think it's funny while Hannah comes off as annoying whiny and a as a petulant child who consistently creates her own problems but deflects responsibility for them mm-hmm. and I feel like when women enact this in real life it's like oh we're rewarded for making our for like not making our suffering a big deal yeah. and we're just like laying down and like letting the world like plow over us like repeatedly. yeah it's like it's very it. passive <laughs> Yeah, and then we're yeah. like, oh my god, that's like so quirky of us. Yeah, as <laughs> well. And I feel like this feeds into. Did I, I sent you this the article about chill? Yes. Yeah, we will link this article in below. Below, but it was recommended to me by a podcast um, called Just Break Up, like a, that I was listening to a while ago. Um, and it's a 2015 article that talks about hookup culture and like being chill and like the phenomenon of just like being this person that doesn't give a fuck and why like everyone wants so badly to be perceived as someone who doesn't care and like why are we like this (laughs) (laughs) um but I do think there is like a certain level of the dissociation and the self-deprecation that feeds into that like I it's like oh I don't care I'm just so passive and so chill and like I'm a mess and it's like funny Mm-hmm. like vibes I don't <laughs> yeah um, and I guess like I want to pause and talk about some of my thoughts I have about the article like that she brought up or like about points in the article that she brought up rather 
which like mainly, I guess I was thinking a lot about like, does dissociative feminism enable or promote not getting help for your own mm-hmm. mental mental health? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, is it like, does it feed into like the Tumblr-esque, like men- the mm. romanticization of mental illness? Like not by making it pretty, but by making it like funny or like, yeah. it's like a new branding. Hmm. And like, I don't know, I kept thinking about that. Um, Klein was talking about like suicide rates and like the rate at which teen girl suicide rates have like doubled between 2007 and 2015 which is in the United States yeah obviously doesn't make that any less horrible that's still a chilling statistic yeah but just to be factually correct the information I'm providing and Klein sourced that her like her personal experience in the article um and this like realization like once she kind of allowed herself to put a name to like the this like phenomenon that she was seeing was that and I quote utterly rejecting reality might not be the avenue to a higher plane I once thought it was Mm. which I think is interesting um so yeah I wanted to like pause and like Mm. get your thoughts like what's so far like can I clarify anything Mm. no it makes sense I feel like um especially this last part about like (laughs) (laughs) her facial expressions how do I phrase? Yeah. Um, like using humor as a coping mechanism. I feel like that's also something that just like social media has. Yes. Made much Memes easier. About meme accounts. Yeah. Or even like I think back to like when I was like a sophomore in college and I was Insta. like deeply, deeply mentally, mentally ill. We fell. <laughs> yeah. And like I would just constantly like talk about it, but yes. nothing in a to- it's it because I was like oh it it happens it's just part of who I am it's part of who everyone Mm -hmm. is and like just kind of letting it roll off of me like that yeah and it wasn't until I actually like sought help that (laughs) I realized like wait like hold on there's a way to be funny that's not not like this connecting yourself from the reality of like your situation yeah and it's definitely something that you can like profit off of your oh my god and everyone's trying to do that yes literally confessional like confessional art or whatever like yeah no I agree I also think like the internet is this like massive void that provide it like rewards people in a certain way for their transparency but also Mm -hmm. it's like be transparent but not too transparent nobody talks about their mental health like when they're actually having a breakdown like you're not live tweeting when you're like crying in the shower like Mm -hmm. no (laughs) but you're like afterwards you're like yeah I've struggled with xyz and everyone's like oh my god thank you so much for talking about that yeah you put together like a pretty little yes but it's like I still am aesthetic and yeah and serving clear skin like yeah you know what I mean like nobody like is yeah I, I mean not that I think people should broadcast you know themselves at their lowest point because that can obviously be incredibly triggering for other people who are also struggling with the same yeah. thing I'm thinking like particularly in regards to like eating disorder media like stuff like that is incredibly mm-hmm. difficult for a lot of people in recovery or like working on recovering to mm-hmm. deal with so like the last thing you'd want to do is just like bombard media but it's like just yeah. really weird how like the internet is this void in which you can just like dump your shit yeah or like hang your like quote-unquote dirty laundry and it's like oh like proving that I have it but like I don't know it's a little (laughs) yeah like it's just like the right temperament it's like oh we want you to be real but not too real 
Yeah. And like real in a way that's like kind of funny and like cute and doesn't actually push us to address the structural issues that Mm -hmm. like make these problems. Because as Mm -hmm. long as you're like being like passive about it or you're like, oh, I'm the one who's acting self-destructive, he, he, Mm -hmm. it's not like, oh, well, like what are the systems that are like perpetuating the fact that like certain groups of people might be socialized this way and Mm -hmm. like or we're dealing with like the effects of like social media and like late stage capitalism and like all these things um we can just like make our suffering aesthetic and like not do anything about it (laughs) but also like to make your like suffering an aesthetic quote-unquote is unhealthy well yes and also (laughs) the first step to like changing anything is recognizing that there is a problem yes you're taking it and turning it into like a joke or something that people can consume Mm -hmm. you recognize that there is something wrong but let's channel that energy into maybe like fixing it it, it's like what (laughs) we said it's like yeah I forget what episode we talked about this in oh it was the van it was van gogh one public health care when you're rewarded for certain behavior Mm. like when people think what you're doing is funny or entertaining you're not pushed to change it Mm-hmm. and like and that reward usually like comes in the form of some sort of social capital and it does feel good to feel validated even yeah. though it's not like as good as actual help would be and like if uh-huh. you're in a bad place you're like oh I'm getting this dose of affection and validation so I want to keep doing that because yeah. like this feels better than nothing mm-hmm. um when in reality we need to be like highlighting the avenues that actually are like long-term solutions I'm not saying like don't ever joke about anything because like obviously in the moment that's fine like and I also think it's one thing to be like haha and like I'm actually also in therapy and like Mm -hmm. doing xyz that's one thing but to just be like isn't it so funny that I'm like this like yeah no baby it's concerning it's concerning (laughs) like you should be alarmed Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I certainly am yes Um, And I do just want to point out for anyone who has read this article, um, and I do recommend that you do read it. um, There are points that Klein brings up, I feel like, to exemplify dissociation in particular with particularly in relation to like substance use and dissociation. And there wasn't like an explicit critique of this, but I do think that there's a point in the article where she's talking about this queer woman of color artist, Juliana Huxtable, who I like did a deep dive into her work after this Mm -hmm. because I was like so intrigued and she's super cool. She does like, she DJs and she's a performing artist and she's a visual like it's really cool highly recommend you look her up and Huxtable like has cite cited a lot of experimental substance use as like a place from which to like birth art or creativity which I don't inherently think is problematic like I think it can be but it also can be fine and so I feel like that's that's so more like nuanced cannot Mm -hmm. paint that with a broad brush yeah. Um, but I do think like, like, I think when you're like making that kind of statement, I think you need to be like mindful of the ways that like marginalized groups and people of color, like experience like mental illness or any mm-hmm. sort of like labeling quote unquote as like dissociative or like they, these people use substances or these people are mentally ill in these ways because like certain people have been pathologized for certain behaviors like incorrectly mm-hmm. and so to, like there are so many white people that are like doing drugs and creating work like art and it's like I don't know I thought that was like a questionable choice to yeah because I was like um I don't really know about that mm-hmm. <laughs> um so I just wanted to point that out um yeah. 
that and I, I did. Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, this was about, it kind of goes back to like the flea bag. Um, Hannah. We'll circle back there. Don't worry. There's yeah. More. There's more. Oh, this is like, <laughs> they are very similar. They are. And I feel like part of it also comes from the fact that like, who plays Hannah again? Lena Dunham. Lena Dunham. Like Lena Dunham gets criticized a lot yes and especially like in girls people were like oh it's gross that like her sex scenes and stuff and I think a lot of it comes from just the fact that like Fleabag is like a quote-unquote like conventionally beautiful like you know acceptable woman woman yeah and people kind of I feel like that definitely plays into it I also think that like girls came out before like Lena Dunham was like canceled yeah I don't we don't need to like dive into that um because there's like so much there and I yeah and so I think it is like really easy to like dismiss girls altogether Mm -hmm. just for the fact that Lena Dunham's in it which like I don't know like media can have flaws like Mm -hmm. obviously like fictional media not if if you're making a documentary like Mm -hmm. make it accurate no flaws (laughs) (laughs) no flaws please Mm -hmm. (laughs) but like you can consume media and like understand what it for what it is and like just know that and I feel like Mm -hmm. if your brain is in a place to be able to like think critically about something then like it's okay to like watch something and just watch it Mm -hmm. Um, as long as you're you know cognizant of like the ways that what you're watching impacts you which some people are some people aren't that's a whole other like skill set I feel like that Mm -hmm. um honestly like people like need to develop in this world because we're constantly stimulated by feeds (laughs) the social dilemma (laughs) oh have you watched that documentary I have it's it's good yeah um I kind of I watched it and I was like I already knew all this is happening Mm -hmm. and I find it so hard to believe that people don't but yeah yeah (laughs) it's still really interesting and everyone should watch it 100 Mm -hmm. yeah watch the social dilemma guys Uh, Mm -hmm. but the second article that I read because like I said this is like a newer thing so there's not a ton of super scholarly shit like from like sage journals and like store on this (laughs) it's from lithium magazine and it's an article by sophia payer payer i don't know if i'm butchering that it's p-e-y-e-r i don't know if there's an accent or something i'm bad at pronunciation guys you know this payer yeah let's just say payer and call it a day Sophia Payer. Um, And it is called The Fleabag Era of Dissociative Feminism Must End. And she says, gone are the days of fighting for women's rights, saying hashtag me too and girl boss into the top. Women have entered a new era of performative nihilism in which instead of throwing a fit, they are approaching pain passively. Rather than complaining about their oppression or taking action to stop it, the young contrarian women of TikTok have decided to align themselves with their favorite female heroines and simply exist as pained beings. Instead of clawing our way to the top, we are interiorizing our existential aches. We are numb. And then she references Klein's article as like being credited with coining the term dissociative feminism or pointing out this phenomenon first, I should say. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this article really does like go a little bit more into the history of like the reactionary nature of dissociative feminism as it's like a res- direct response to like millennial girl boss vibes. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause like, I feel like even in just the past like 10 years, 15 years, I can remember being in like middle school and high school and like the girl boss, like media, like the future is female 
hell. And yeah. like, do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, and CEOs, like my freshman year of college, I took a communications course CEO. as a gen ed. Yeah, CEO. And he made us, it was a man professor. Um, he made us watch like Sheryl Sandberg's TED talk. And I was like, what? And then like literally two years later, I'm literally a WGSS major. And I'm like, no wonder that sat so weird with me. Like I didn't have the, I didn't have the language to like, be like, what is mm. like going on here? Cheryl Sandberg, get a grip. Like you're not living in reality. Um, basically, yeah, this like pendulum, we talk all the time about like, you push really hard in one direction and there's like a immediate like relapse in response. And now you have all these, instead of like, millennials being like oh like if we just work hard enough like women will be equal to men like Mm. we want to be like women in positions of power and representation is enough um and obviously we see that that doesn't fucking work um Mm. but instead of being like oh well why doesn't this work and what Mm. do we actually want gen z is just like well fuck i guess we don't know what to do so we'll just throw up our hands because there's no point Mm. um which like Obviously, it's really easy to feel like the world is fucked. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's normal. But I guess, like, don't let that, like, disempower you or Mm -hmm. use that feeling for something positive. Since Payer brings up TikTok, I wanted to talk about the feminine urge Mm. trend, like, humor. So, I don't know, like, where, where, where do you feel like you first saw this? Or Mm. are you? I don't know, because I've seen it on TikTok. Talk. I've seen it on Twitter and I've also yeah seen it no it Twitter. is an infiltrated like it, it is like a yeah. multi-platform phenomenon yeah and um, it, it feels recent it is right? pretty I feel yeah. like it's pretty recent like probably within the past like six months at yeah. least um yeah. and I say that because like I'm not on TikTok so if I know yeah. about something like it has leaked to other platforms yes like, <laughs> like it, it has established itself as yeah as a cultural entity mm-hmm. And I feel, I guess I feel like I first came across it as like all these women making videos, like either TikToks or Instagram reels that are captions like the feminine urge to blank, Mm -hmm. blank, blank, whatever. (laughs) And it's basically like, if they're like creating this like ode to like messy or unapologetic callous behaviors or like remaining in toxic cycles like a lot of them were like the feminine urge to like get back with your man after yeah or like what or to like indulge things that you know aren't good for you like particularly mm-hmm. in terms of relationships with other people mm-hmm. and it's like yes relatable because a lot of us yeah. have been there and have done these messy things yeah and again it's okay to be messy like no, you do not have to be perfect but it's like this like weird it's not romanticization, but it's like this like subversion. It's like, because we can make it funny that makes it like, okay. Mm -hmm. And then we're like performing it for other people and like, we're getting rewarded for doing this. So it's like, we're not even doing it because we're coping with something. We're doing it because people think we're funny Mm -hmm. and quirky, Mm -hmm. um, which I think relatable and relatable, which I think is interesting and like weird. Like, um, it is weird. Yeah. Again, um, Payer also does reference the characters of like Francis and Sally Rooney's um, conversations with blah, 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 conversations with friends um, and the unnamed protagonist in Mosh Figs, My Year of Rest and Relaxation that like exemplify this, like, which again, <laughs> I don't know, like, do you feel like Otessa Mosh Figs character, like protagonist is a feminine or is somebody who's just like fulfilling her urge? <laughs> I mean, or being messy, definitely being messy. 
I don't know. I've never thought of it kind of like with this lens. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I hadn't thought of conversations with friends with this lens either. Yeah, I, I do either. have a bone to pick with that because. I well I feel like maybe more in the sense of conversations with friends with than with normal people but like the interesting thing about Sally and I like I love Sally Rooney's like books like Mm -hmm. I I Mm -hmm. will say it I enjoy it immensely um Mm -hmm. I related to Francis like honestly to a chilling extent I was like this is like being inside my brain And it's disturbing to me, yeah. like, but good. I can't put it down. <laughs> and I do think like Sally Rooney does this like interesting thing of like alluding to trauma or mm. especially with like Marianne and normal people specifically. Although I feel like it's a little bit more explicitly stated with Marianne than it is with Francis. Mm. But like throughout that story, like you, it's implied that like there's like some shit like with like familial shit with like her dad being like mm. an alcoholic and whatever. But it, that's never like addressed or linked to the way she feels exactly. Mm-hmm. But it is, I don't know, kind of a commentary a little bit on like how passive Francis is. Like I should mm-hmm. just be unfazed by everything at all times, mm-hmm. um, which is a really interesting way to navigate the world. Yeah. Um, and I and- guess with um, my year of rest and relaxation, like I can see it fitting because she's supposed to be this privileged girl (laughs) girl, the whole thing she like lives in New York she has a great degree and a job and all that stuff and she just goes on like a bender doesn't she yeah because she's unhappy and oh my god it it is very fleabag I think in that sense it's like it's like depressing like that's like just sad as an audience member Yes. Like once you, I was talking to Nat, my friend Natalie, like this morning about this. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I don't feel like Phoebe Waller-Bridge like intended this like phenomenon. Like this is like, and it's mm-hmm. obviously like out of this director's control because mm-hmm. like, it's not that other women don't feel this way or like mm-hmm. haven't felt this way. And having some sort of like, oh, this is like not a singular like unique experience like Mm -hmm. does give people hopefully the wherewithal to be like there's obviously like obviously there's like structural things that are like resulting Mm -hmm. in this Mm -hmm. happening on like a broader scale so like let's look at them like why are women feeling this way Mm -hmm. but like she Natalie was like if you like watch Fleabag by yourself and just like don't engage with the internet content about it, you do see it and you're like, this is good. But it is also so sad. Like mm-hmm. you see like how like deeply unhappy and it like doesn't make you want to be Fleabag. Like it doesn't. Yeah. No, um, I mean, I, which I, I think is Fleabag. good. Yeah. When it first came out. Before. And it's what, been like out for 2018? a while. Yeah. So it was, it's not new. And when I watched it, I had no like, inclination to be like her to embody feedback yeah I didn't think you know she was a like quote kind of unlikable character and like I feel like it taught you a lesson yeah and then when people started saying like my fleabag era and like all of that started I was very confused by it (laughs) honestly do we want to have a fleabag era like are we supposed to I don't think and that's not what I do not think that what is Phoebe Waller-Bridge intended no absolutely not like I don't think she was like people should do this yeah <laughs> like no well same um, with um my year of rest and relaxation like the way the book ends she kind of has like a coming to terms with her reality and that she can't 
like be comatose for a year just yeah um, as you shouldn't (laughs) yeah it has like you know there is reason for it yeah no 100 percent. teach you what yeah an unhealthy relationship with life Mm -hmm. kind of is I mean and that's I feel like a risk you take with any form of media like you don't Mm -hmm. know how people are going to interpret it and again like when people don't not that critical thinking is a guarantee that you're going to interpret an art like some art form the exact way the artist intended you to because like people's brains are just so different like there's literally no way to know but I do think like yeah having like perspective and the ability to like step back instead of getting like pulled in by like surface level interest or engagement Mm -hmm. like oh like what's actually happening here and like what's like what's a through line through this thing instead of like Mm -hmm. getting caught up in like media around something yeah. Um, but I wanted to talk about how like the feminine urge and the flea bag era relates to like the villain era, like and the phenomenon of like <laughs> being a little um in your little villain era and being like, mm-hmm. oh my god. And I say this as somebody who has like literally used that term and yes. like <laughs> ironically, like and jokingly. Um mm-hmm. and yes, we all know like <laughs> I'm in therapy, like we're we're always unpacking things. But I wanted to, like, I guess, talk about how the villain era, like, I feel like relates to this dissociative feminine mm-hmm. phenomenon and, like, the feminine urge trend. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's, again, like, another instance of, I mean, it doesn't have to be women. Anyone mm-hmm. could be in their villain era. Yeah. We are. <laughs> men are always in their villain era. They're like, yeah, do men. <laughs> do like, not a not villain a, lifetime. Not a misandrist, but are men ever not in their villain era? Like, yeah. think critically. Mm-hmm. if like if you're not socially conscious <laughs> but I guess like how like people being like messy or hurting people in the process and then again like being like oh I'm not going to take responsibility for this um and like making that this like oh, I'm just like in my villain era mm-hmm. <laughs> like annoyingly and like uh I say this as someone who like um and like yeah I get feeling this way but it's also like not an ex- like it's not a free pass to like be an asshole like just because the world is doomed or mm-hmm. like or you might think the world is doomed doesn't mean that you can just be a shitty person or like mm-hmm. I know I always like like to say like things are explanations but not excuses you can look at somebody's trauma and be like, I understand why, like, it makes sense, like, why you are having this reaction or are living the way you are at this moment. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean your trauma doesn't give you a free excuse to abuse yeah. and exploit other people. Yes. And I think that that can be like, help. I don't know. I think it's like important to like generate empathy and compassion, mm-hmm. but also be like, what you're doing is not okay. Like, mm-hmm. those are not mutually exclusive things. Like, I always feel like there's a lack of nuance in like under like you can understand something without justifying it does that make Mm -hmm. any sense Mm -hmm. um or saying that it's like right and I feel like people are like oh once you have empathy for somebody that's doing shitty things it means that like you don't think those things are shitty and I'm like "Mm -hmm, (laughs) nobody ever said that literally nobody ever said that yeah abuse begets abuse that's we live and reenact cycles like throughout our life that's literally how psychology works but kind of like tying this in um actually no pause <laughs> what are your experiences <laughs> with the villain era um I don't know because I I feel like I've had kind of two separate villain eras 
Okay. And one of them was the more like reactionary. Yes. Um, to like mental health mm-hmm. crises. Vibes. Um, where I was like, you know, destroying relationships around me and like kind of wallowing. Um, yes. In those feelings. And now I feel like I'm currently in a much more minor villain era where but due to the fact that I am so self-aware at this point this is okay it's different yes I (laughs) want to I want to talk about this because I feel like we're both in kind of similar states of like like it's I I feel like a lot of times the villain era is especially with women it's correlated with sleeping with a lot of people i.e generally men Mm -hmm. um not always um in some of our cases but um (laughs) but it's like always I feel like correlated with this like messy like stringing people along and like ghosting people and whatever basically just being avoidant as fuck Mm -hmm. um and not doing anything to fix that and it's like yes that is not healthy or good but you can also have casual sex with different people and like that doesn't have to be unhealthy um Mm -hmm. like you it can be communicative you you can be a little like a little slut like yeah (laughs) like that's okay. Um, and I like if you're keeping dialogue open and talking to people mm-hmm. about it and like everyone is aware of what's happening and yeah. it's very consensual, mm-hmm. there's nothing like wrong about that. And I also mm-hmm. honestly think that that's like shows a really good level of self-awareness because it necessitates this constant open communication that people have mm-hmm. a really hard time doing. Like it's hard to talk about relationships. It's hard mm-hmm. to be vulnerable, at least in my experience. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Cause every once in a while I'm like, am I kind of like when I get a little manic, I'm like, oh. and then like I'm a, like, yeah. hold on, hold on, hold on. You're yeah. not as bad as you think you are. You're not yes. as bad as you think you are because you're actually working so hard at being so transparent. Yeah. Um, I don't know. So like maybe give yourself a little pat on the back, Michelle. Maybe it's like a <laughs> muted villain era. We're like, it's a mute. It's muted. Yes, it's evolved. Some, yeah. Sometimes I'm making questionable choices. For myself but I question others aren't bad like aren't inherently bad no they're well <laughs> thought out you can't see the future no but yeah I want to I I again at the beginning of this episode I was like we might like clonk ourselves like mm-hmm. I find this interesting because I like see my I see a lot of myself honestly like probably more of like my like two years ago self mm-hmm. like college than now I would like mm-hmm. to think mm-hmm. <laughs> Not all, but um, <laughs> I do think it's like so recent that it's like, oh, but I wanted to like tie that kind of up with like Payer's commentary on like the uh, feminine urge. And she writes the Fleabag era and feminine feminine urges, quote unquote, trend romanticizes self-destruction is inherently dangerous to both the Fleabag woman and other people implicated in her destructive quest. It's a harmful Mm -hmm. pattern I've observed on the internet and in my own social circle. When my friends and I are hurt, usually by men, because that's what happens in college, we respond by making feminine rage playlists. We take a page from the books of our favorite fictional angry woman and we look to inflict damage. Mm. our response to emotional pain is to become full-fledged female manipulators (laughs) who use romantic partners like they use us we accept that being hurt is part of being a woman and we use that hurt as ammunition because what better way to get over heartbreak than to weaponize our sexuality engage in substance use and become endless pits of anger and pain oh fuck (laughs) and i was like i'm just gonna lie on the floor with that one for a little while (laughs) it literally just like i was like shit 
because I have done like this is something that I've like worked when Julia makes the podcast a therapy session uh, <laughs> this is what happens when you can't afford weekly sessions because I'm poor <laughs> um anyway tuning in tuning in it's so easy to just like when someone hurts you to just be like oh I'm gonna like my first reaction is to like take my power back because I've been like I feel powerless like I, I allow I quote unquote allowed someone to do this to me and now mm-hmm. to like reassert myself and like take control I don't know if anyone else who's type a or avoidant is listening but like maybe this is all for you <laughs> but <hey>. um <laughs> but I um that like urge should be like no like you don't control like you don't get to dictate like I'm in control of my life I make these decisions like my anger is mine my sexuality is mine and now I'm just Mm -hmm. gonna go like wage war um (laughs) like literally me (laughs) Michelle's like I like think that is so relatable I just think it's so important to unpack because it's like not progressive like it Mm -hmm. it, like Mm -hmm. but it is what we're pushed to do and I think it ties like it's not it's no different honestly than like the CEO feminism millennial girl boss idea that like to be powerful is to just be like men like Mm. the answer is not to invert the power dynamic it's not like the answer to putting fuck boys in their place is not to mm-hmm. be is not to become a fuck boy or act like a fuck boy. Like, yeah. and you shouldn't want to be that. Like, it's easy to like want to do that because it's like rewarding socially. I, I don't think long term rewarding mentally, but like it's it, that's like such an easy answer, and it's just like that is not that that's not progressive. It's like call her daddy being like, oh well, if women are just as into sex as men and want to do like dirty great whatever have like filthy sex or whatever and like want to give blowjobs and whatnot which nothing wrong with wanting to do that go suck a dick if you want to (laughs) (laughs) nothing wrong with that just like you say but it's just like the answer is not to become like the oppressor like that Mm -hmm. it's to destroy the hierarchy to begin with so it's like maybe the knee-jerk reaction isn't the best thing (laughs) yeah well this makes me think of there's an episode of sex in the city oh my god um where carrie decides like i'm gonna start having sex like a man and to do that she's like i'm gonna have emotionless sex like a hookup with someone that's like that's impossible yeah and like she tries or it's trash and it's like the whole idea of like she's like I want to have sex like a man it's like just do it like a person like men just could do it like a person why can't men there's no difference like- between the male and female brain like yeah why can't <laughs> men quote have sex like a, like woman, a woman and like form an emotional bond for once yeah. you know like don't don't shoot binary don't, yeah don't create a binary where there doesn't need to be one or feed yeah. into one where society says there is one when there isn't yeah also, like, that's not going to make you happy. So why are you doing it? Mm-hmm. Like, if but that's not what you actually want. Because she's but, trying to invert the power, but like. Yeah, and it just it doesn't work. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Like, I know Michelle watches Sex in the City with a critical eye. But mm-hmm. always, I just, like, can't stand Carrie Bradshaw. Like, I find her fucking annoying. Mm. Um, but it's okay. I watch other things that Michelle is probably like, nah. yeah. I'm like over here, like weak over Jodie Comer. So I do love Killing Eve. Wait, do you watch it now? Mm-hmm. Wait, what? Well, I'm 
I'm watching season three now because I only watched. The okay. First two. Oh my god. Oh my god. Let, when you finish season three, I'm adding you to our sorry mommy, sorry mommy group chat. Mm-hmm. With yes. Oh mm-hmm. my god, guys. Anyone who's listening, watch Killing Eve, and then tell me you wouldn't let Villanelle murder you, but in a really hot way. You would. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Small digressions, guys. Small, small. Yeah, so I guess the last thing I really wanted to, like, touch on is, like, what, like, what are the ways in which, like, dissociative feminism and, like, pushes us to be, like, quote-unquote chill and then, like, embody this, like, enigmatic, like, cool girl trope? Mm -hmm. Like, how, like, has, do we think, like, a fleabag woman has been made to like be the new cool girl like to be like open Mm. about your mental health but like just like just enough that it's like palatable and funny but not enough that you actually need help or like are concerning to people because like I do think there's a point where when people start to get concerned they get uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and then it's like not funny anymore because they're like oh no (laughs) this girl actually needs help so again it's like disclose enough to be relatable but not too much that it's like Mm ugly or makes people people can't laugh about it anymore because it, yeah. then it's no longer entertainment interesting i don't know <laughs> i well, <laughs> i'm i'm using this to to take a look at my own self no this is i wanted to do i wanted to do this episode because i was like oh this is like kind of ac- like there is like an academic element to it but because it's so new and i think it's something yeah. people relate to this will be like a really good just like discussion and I think it's a it's a discussion that a lot more people should be having Mm -hmm. a lot more particularly white women in like mildly socially aware circles because it's not a unique phenomenon like if we're all feeling this way why is that and maybe like instead of turning inward turn to your community tap in have a little chat go to therapy yeah Yeah, I feel like, I don't know, I'm somebody who I think like struggles a lot with the fact that like there's this idea that happiness is like boring or to be con- content mm. is not, I don't want to say entertaining, but like it's not mm. interesting. Um, mm-hmm. Like I don't know, like I, and I feel maybe this is especially true with people who are like creative in some way, like they cr- usually create a lot when they're like feeling something really deeply and a lot yeah. of times that deep feeling when you turn to self-care is like not like a positive feeling like because when you're happy you're like oh I'm gonna like go out and like do you know what I mean like we're pushed to like be more social and like yeah so then it ends up being like every time we like every time I go to journal I'm like in distress yes I'm never never journaling about how happy because I'm happy yeah because I'm like oh I don't need to unpack anything right now because Mm -hmm. I'm like stable (laughs) I don't know I think that's something I feel like there's like a Florence and the Machine or um lyric about that and it's like happiness is a very boring emotion and like in a way that she's like that if she's like critiquing the fact that Mm. it feels like or we're made to feel like that um happiness is a butterfly Lana (laughs) no skips on Norman Rockwell like I that was her her like final gift to us before she decided to like date a cop and yeah go rogue now I'm like a cab a cab um Lana mm, yeah again like I don't know like wallowing how does you like oh no she's more like a sugar baby yeah like engaging in self-destruction like 15 year old me being like ride by Lana Del Rey's gospel yeah yeah um I feel like we could talk about that in our tumblr episode Mm, mm -hmm. um because there is a big intersection between girlies that were listening to Lana Del Rey in their early tweens and the girlies that were being traumatized by the internet 
and the girl is for sex kittens. <laughs> Michelle takes a fat bite of kava. Don't you? Mm. <laughs> um, yeah. So do we think we have fallen prey to dissociative feminism? I think I have. Or do I see it? Yeah. I think, yeah. I think I can see it in myself. Mm-hmm. And I hope that I guess if other people are listening. Feeling attacked. <laughs> Yeah, that feel attacked. Um, know that I read these things and was like, yeah, I've done those things. And just turn it into like being self-aware, you know? Yeah, turn it into self-awareness. And happiness isn't fucking boring. Like it's actually yeah. really great to like walk down the street and have a moment where you're like, wow, I'm like, I'm not satisfied. Like there's still so much I want to do and see and work towards. Mm-hmm. But like I'm okay with like my like I feel good about the work that I'm doing like for my on myself like I feel like mm-hmm. I'm like being like I'm progressing and I'm growing mm-hmm. and it's positive and it's like really nice to feel that way like you don't have to yeah. wallow in your own shit to be cool or at um, least it feels better to be stable it's cool to be stable it's literally cool let's make it's literally cool to be stable <laughs> it's chill to be stable make, make stable cool again literally <laughs> that'll be the title of this episode (laughs) yeah I guess I just just because we consume beautiful women in pain or also that's Mm. also something else that could be unpacked yeah women in pain watch alias Mm. grace I don't know is it any like watching someone's like watching people spiral over and over again on the internet like at a certain Mm. point it's like why are we so obsessed with this and no maybe unpack that so I don't know I feel like if people listening related, you should read the articles that we're attaching to this. You're not alone. You're not alone. Mm-hmm. Um, I know this wasn't like a super like funsies episode, mm-hmm. but I promise we'll make up for it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll come back. Well, actually, you're going to get your fun episode next week. Mm-hmm. Um, not sure what our topic will be, but I know. It'll be good. It'll My be so two I'm bringing good. on are intellectuals. They're so great. intellectual. Great gift givers too. Mm-hmm. Superb gift givers. Superb. They have the gift. Um, the gift of gifting. <laughs> but no, we'll, I promise we'll uh, make it up to you with something a little, a little silly. Um, we love to be silly. We love happy. to be silly. And tune in, find us on Instagram. Mm-hmm. DM us your thoughts. Oh, and also I do want to mention for those of you out there who have thoughts <laughs> about the pod um, and want to share them, we like would love to hear any critique or anything mm-hmm. or like perspective. Yes. Um, part of like this, like we don't obviously it's like just me and Michelle potting, mm-hmm. but like I don't want this to be like a closed conversation. And so like if someone mm-hmm. has like something they want to like share with us or Mm -hmm. like if we like said something whatever write us we're always down to like learn more and expand and get Mm -hmm. better um so yeah don't don't be shy don't be Mm -hmm. shy um I mean we don't bite we don't bite yeah I mean okay like maybe don't like dm us and be like go fuck yourselves like that's not productive for me no offense (laughs) and again not that we're asking anyone to educate us but I'm just saying (laughs) Let's we're chat. open to being we're, we're open to chat yeah so yeah thanks for listening mm-hmm. um let us know your thoughts um follow like share we have some like international audience members which is hey. pretty cool i love stalking our little anchor stats mm-hmm. so, so hello to anyone listening from anywhere outside the u.s kiss kiss yes um and yeah i think think that's a wrap Mm -hmm. go to therapy guys